Aces, spades, clubs, hearts, diamonds, death, and the 007 status revealed all in the pre-title and title sequences of Casino Royale. Hi, this is Dan Silvestri. Tom Pizzotto. I'm Vicky Hodges. Of SpyMovieNavigator.com. Join us today as we take a gamble getting Daniel Craig's first outing as Bond in as we look at the pre-title and title sequences of Casino Royale. Let's go. We will dive into both the pre-title and title sequences for Casino Royale because they're inextricably connected, with the pre-title being a flashback and the title sequence really a clever foreshadowing of what will happen in this mission. So, let's get to it. First, Casino Royale was the first Ian Fleming James Bond novel written, first published in 1953. So, we are seeing a reboot of the James Bond saga here, going back to the first novel, and the novel in which James Bond gets his 00 status. Shot completely in black and white, this pre-title sequence is spectacular. Audiences cheered when the movie was first released in 2006, and we cheer now. Shooting it in black and white was brilliant. It's a flashback to when and how Bond achieved his 00 status. We know that to achieve a 00 status, you had to have at least two kills. This pre-title sequence, as a flashback, shows us the two kills and in magnificent style. Yeah, I think it's fascinating the way they use the black and white for this open. And not just the pre-title itself, but it starts with the MGM and Columbia logos. I mean, I think they did a great job with that because it says this one's different. We're going back in time. And the flashback let us know we're going back in time. And it didn't just take us a little bit back in time. It took us all the way back to the first time we see an actor playing James Bond in the 1954 CBS TV show Climax. That was, they did Casino Royale, that was black and white with Barry Nelson playing James Bond. Barry Nelson. So this is a reboot. We're starting all over. Take it back to the beginning and let's go. Yeah, that's true. Brilliant choice. It's a good point with the MGM and the Columbia logos because really I was kind of ignoring that, trying to get to the pre-title sequence all the time. And so that was good. It was a great scene. So, Well, and again, it's the, the, what I love is it ties it back to the TV show in 1954. Yeah. And the whole that concept. came out in black and white. And the whole concept of him writing it in 53 and hey, that's kind of like black and white TV and stuff. That's nice. It's a good point. It's great. So this pre-title sequence scene opens with a car pulling up to a building on a cold, snowy street in Prague. It's nighttime and the steam rising from the sewer grates, the, the street lights, the building lights. It all adds to the intrigue and immediately piques our interest. I love it. The man gets out of the vehicle. He looks around and then he enters the building. Ah, taking an elevator, a lift up to the sixth floor. The scene looks dark and foreboding. We do not know who this guy is, what he's doing, or why he's entering the building here at night. It's just the way it is. It's a great establishing shot, and it cries out film noir. It was conceived by the director of photography, Phil Mayhew, who wanted one to do something different and to give a nod to those spy movies of old. Ah. It really entices us, the audience, in. Who is this man? What is he doing? Where's yeah. Bond? And I really like how he takes the elevator stroke lift to what we believe yeah. is the 007 floor. <laughs> the camera does cut off at six, but who's to say it doesn't carry on? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm going to have to, 
you know, I looked at this thing a lot. <laughs> I thought he actually got off at the sixth floor. It looks from the outside shot of the building that there's eight floors in the building. So it could be he went to the seventh floor because there's eight. If the ground floor is zero, as it is in Europe, not in the U.S., it's always one. And if his office is on the top floor, then you may be right. And he went up to seven. <laughs> Either way, though. You guys are really, really getting into this one. <laughs> Either way, when he gets off the lift and is walking towards his office, you see that there is at least another floor above him as there are stairs leading up and down on the right, and you can see out the window in the courtyard another floor above. But the stairs visible to the right also have more stairs going up after the next flight. So I think he's on six. Well, we'll never know because the camera cuts off before. So. <laughs> All right. Well, you get into that level of detail. <laughs> I, I want to make a comment about the fact that you say we don't know who this guy is or whatever. That is so common in the James Bond movies where there's somebody and there's a, there's some action yeah. happening and you're like, who is this guy and what the heck are we doing here? So yeah. I think it's great. Yeah, it's good. So this guy walks into his office, again, don't know who he is, switches on a light, and he notices something. His wall safe is open. That's not ever a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> a bond is usually opening it somewhere, right? So we're thinking, hey, another safe open. We've seen it everywhere. So his face shows concern here, obviously. And then we hear a voice. We think it's Bond, of course. It's a new Bond here, so we don't know exactly who this guy is yet, right? That's true. M really doesn't mind you earning a little money on the side, Dryden. She'd just prefer it if it wasn't selling secrets. Oh. <laughs> okay, now they've got us hooked here. Now, now we know that this guy Dryden, he obviously worked for MI6 and for M, but selling secrets? Well, well, we know that Bond has confirmed this by opening the safe and examining its contents ahead of this encounter. So... He, he has confirmed it. And I think that's why the safe is open. He looked at the papers. He's like, yeah, this guy is selling secrets. That is why the safe being open when Dryden walks in is crucial to the scene. It validates M's suspicion. Now, Dryden is keeping calm. And so is Bond. Now, Dryden is older and he's been around. Bond is relatively new. So you'd think maybe Bond would be a little nervous here. But doesn't look too nervous. Yeah, this is another really good part of this pre-title because you have both of them in a very tense situation, being calm and cool. They're trained to deal with stress, and it works. Yeah. yeah. As Dryden sits at his desk, he opens his drawer quietly and secretly, and we see a pistol. The grip and the bottom of the grip are facing the camera, though a bit in the shadows. Beneath the gun... I noticed for the first time some type of card or something that has letters on it, and you see UNI and EX, obviously, Universal Exports. I hadn't noticed that before because the shot is on screen for about a second, and your attention is drawn to the gun, naturally. So, kind of. Yeah, Dan, that, Dan, that isn't a card. It's a label on a folder. All right, that makes sense. All right. What drives me crazy, though, is there's this electronic device next to the gun on top of the folder. Yeah. And it's a small silver colored thing. It's got a screen with the way the buttons looked. It almost looked like a small little video game, but I couldn't figure out what it was. I'm like, what the, the heck is time. that thing? Well, actually, you know, to me, it looked like some type of digital voice recorder. And, and Sony actually had one that was a little bigger than that, but looked very much like this device. 
And it, you know, hey, it might make sense if he wanted to record it secretly, a conversation in his office with someone. He'd have a little yeah. digital recorder sitting in there. So well, that's true. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I, I did look it up, yeah. and there are pictures that look pretty close to what that unit is. So I think maybe that's what it was. Anyway, Dryden, with his gun within reach, removes his gloves. <laughs> really, I like. I love the way he does this. He's like, I'm in complete control here. He removes his gloves and basically tells Bond that he's not scared. The theatrics are supposed to scare me. You have the wrong man, Bond. If Anne was so sure I was bent, she'd have sent a double O. Benefits of being section chief. I'd know if anyone had been promoted to double O status. No. Your file shows no kills. And it takes two. <laughs> so he knows this is Bond. And now, so do we. And he calls him Bond. Well, that's so how that, we. Know, that's how we know for sure it's Bond because he he says his name. Then. Yeah, and so there's no slow reveal here, Tom. <laughs> I know, and you know how I like the slow reveal of the new James Bond actor. I really miss that, but I kind of understand it the way they did this scene. Yeah, I know. So immediately we cut to a scene of Bond fighting with some guy in a bathroom. A stark, cold scene. It's a brutal fight. It's, yeah, this is a brutal fight in a men's room. And I wonder if it inspired the fight in Mission Impossible Fallout between oh. the actors Tom Cruise and Henry Cavill and Lian Yang. The bathroom was much larger in Fallout, but in the end, the bad guy died, just like in Casino Royale. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a great fight in Fallout, and it's a, good, it's a really good fight here with, with Daniel as well. Yeah, this is brutal. Then just as quickly, we come back to the section chief, Dryden, and Bond. And Dryden has his gun pointed at Bond. He must have quickly taken it out from the drawer. It's in his left hand. And when we first saw him sit at his desk and open the drawer, the drawer was to his left. So I love this little detail. It absolutely makes sense. <laughs> yeah, now we're going to talk about the lighting in a few minutes here, but they got this, having it be in his left hand right. They, yeah. I think they kind of screwed up the lighting here, but we'll talk about that in a minute. So Dryden... Smugly says the Bond. Shame. We barely got to know each other. And he pulls the trigger. Bond dead in another pre-title sequence? Oh my God. <laughs> Has this ever happened before? <laughs> Click. Not, not this way. <laughs> I love it. Click. No bang. No shot. What? The look on his face, on Dryden's face. Again, great facial expressions by Malcolm Sinclair, who plays Dryden. Great mm -hmm. stuff. That says it all. Shock. The feeling that maybe he, the experienced agent, just got beat by a rookie. His face is brilliant. It just says it all. It's crazy. It, it really is. And now here's one of Tom's little oddities. Malcolm Sinclair, <laughs> the actor who played Dryden. Yeah also played a character called Frobisher in a TV movie called The Writing on the Wall in 1996. Okay. So it's not exactly a match, but Sam Smith had the title song for Spectre, which was Writings on the Wall. And these are the kind of things that just keep me up at night. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, it's a little oddity. It's a little off, but I, I picked up on it. So All right. So Bond is holding up the clip from Dryden's gun. <laughs> I know where you keep your gun. Suppose that's something. <laughs> like I'm the rookie. <laughs> I'm the rookie, but I got the clip from your gun. 
That's like, okay, this guy's cool. <laughs> a question I have is this. Did Bond replace the clip in Dryden's gun with an empty one and eject the bullet from the chamber? Mm -hmm. If he just took the clip out, and we cannot tell from the drawer scene, I don't think, as the bottom of the grip is in a shadow, then shouldn't Dryden have known the gun felt lighter? That something was wrong? Mm, possibly, and I love how the lighting is cleverly used within this narrative. Dryden is lit by a lone light, oh. a spotlight, if you will. Yeah, yeah. It's like he's under the spotlight for interrogation, whereas Bond is shadowed in half-light, yeah. never in centre shot, mystery and shadow. In contrast to this, the bathroom kill is brightly lit, stark and precise. It's a great contrasting touch. It really is, and that lone light shining on him, like you said, like almost an interrogation thing, puts Bond in control. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is a nice subtle hint there. That's it's good. Mm. So that's a good point. And it, sh it does shroud us in mystery and intrigue. And that is why we cannot see the bottom of the grip on the gun in the drawer, too, because it's, it's shadowy. It's dark. Anyway, what do you guys think of this missing clip, though? Because Well, first, I, I, th I think you're wrong, right? So first, <laughs> okay. Bond would know enough about guns that he would have ejected the round in yeah, the chamber. Yeah, okay. I right? think so, too. Right. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, but I went back and I looked at the gun in the drawer again. I looked at that scene yeah. and there is a clip in the gun. You can see it at the bottom. You see the bottom of the clip where, where it would come in. Wow. So it's not like it's a, an empty chamber there. So the gun would have been lighter because there would have been no rounds in it. I would think Dryden would have noticed it, but you don't know how many rounds he keeps in it. Does he keep a full clip in there or does he only keep a couple rounds in there? Who knows? Yeah, he should keep it full. I, I don't know. I, I looked I, I looked a bunch of times. I couldn't verify that the, the clip was still in there, but I suppose Bond should have an extra Well, clip. it would it would be empty. I mean, you'd actually see a hollowed out area, and there's, there's a cover there, and that cover would be the bottom of the clip. I guess it could be, but I suppose Bond could have an extra clip with him that he could have emptied and put in Dryden's gun because, hey, it's standard issue stuff, so... Yeah. yeah. Now, I wanted to go back and talk a little bit about what Vicky had said about the light. And I mentioned earlier, I was going to talk a little bit about the light here. I don't think the lighting in this scene is consistent, nor really can it be with the different camera angles they're taking. <laughs> but the light source moves around a little bit. When Dryden gets to his desk, he turns on the desk lamp that's on the left-hand side as he's facing Bond of his desk. Uh -huh. The lamp to the right is off when he walks in and you never see him turn it on. Yet that lone light that we see hitting him is from the right-hand side, more from the back. So it wouldn't be coming from a light source on the desk. Okay. Then they cut back and we see Dryden's left side of his face and it's now lit on the left and the desk lamp really wouldn't have given it that much light and the other lights on now. I mean, I know, I know we're really shocked to see a continuity error in a Bond movie. Never. But since Vicky made the comment about the lights, I'm like, well, let's, let's talk about that. What Interesting. I, well, I was going to say that I, I, I always thought that Dryden was lit from behind. If you look, there's a, a sort of a huge light coming almost through the window at the back of him. When he shoots Bond, it yeah, is. Yeah, you, yeah. you see that light. So oh, it'd be I mean, like it moves an outdoor around. street light like kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, it oh, moves okay. around. Now and the there's thing building I, lights. Yeah. yeah. The thing I really did like about the lighting here was what it did to the rose on Dryden's desk. <laughs> there was a single bud vase on his desk okay. with a rose in it. <laughs> Due to the shadows, it looked like a black rose, mm. a rose foretelling death. 
Yeah, that's a great observation with Rose. And, and, yeah. and of course, everything being shot in black and white, it really makes this Rose blacker. Yeah, like you said, foreboding <laughs> that who the hell knows what's going to happen. But a black Rose is generally not a good sign. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So anyway, Dryden now asks Bond, because Bond was just telling him the story of his first kill, the bathroom scene that we were talking about. Dryden says, How did you die? Your contact? And Dryden nods. Not well. <laughs> Not well, man. That's a brutal, <laughs> that's a brutal fight scene. <laughs> One of the... I mean, mo most, most deaths aren't going to be well, but yeah. <laughs> dying in your sleep is a little different than what happens yeah. to this guy. And we go back to the fight in the bathroom flashback again. Okay, it's a bit confusing because we must now assume that when we see the fight in the bathroom begin, that Bond was telling Dryden the story of his first kill, not I just thinking I, I disagree it. there, Dan. I think it could also be him thinking about it. But but Dryden is responding to it. You, you killed this guy. How did it go? Kind of thing. So yeah, no, but, but, but he may have... That, yeah, that's, it is weird because he says you have no kills. Right. And then we go oh, immediately yeah. okay. to the kill. I get, I get what you're saying. Okay. All right. All right. So we have to think this way. That's, that is, I think, it. It wasn't just Bond thinking it. It was Bond relating the story to Dryden. This is a tight little interweaving of the storyline, I think, but brilliant, really. Now we don't know how long ago it was that Bond scored his first kill, but we now know that he did score his first kill and Dryden knows about it. But why isn't Bond's file updated? He's the section chief, remember? It shows no kills, he said. Or did they... MI6 and the powers that be think, mm, no, we're going to restrict Dryden's from seeing this file on Bond, knowing, of course, that they're sending Bond to kill him. Then it doesn't make sense for his question to Bond, where he says, how did he die? Because Bond hadn't told him about the contact yet. That's yeah, the continuity here is, seems to me like maybe they edited a, a line or two that would be helpful to this, because... How would, Dry, how would Dryden have known that Bond had killed his contact to answer that question, to ask that question? Well, he asked, Bond asked him the question, your contact? No, but he said, how did he die? And then Bond responded with your contact. Well, because Bond's relaying the story of his first kill, saying, hey, no, you're wrong that I have no kills. Oh, see, maybe that's the line they, didn't, they cut out. Well, I mean, it's in there. It's just now you've got to piece things together here with this interweaving part but i think that's what that's exactly what was going on so so i think that's it the first kill scene as it finishes off shows how good craig was out of the gate yes bond his face the agony the stress the brutality of what he's doing it's all there in his face <laughs> it's fabulous and he knows how to fight yeah i mean really Especially obvious when he's trying to drown the guy in the sink. Bond's heavy breathing after the guy falls to the floor, his breathing in deep through his nose, the way his jaw quivers, you can feel the tension. I mean, it's just terrific. I mean, I hate to say it, but he looks almost emotional here. Like, this first kill really did get to him. And here we see it for the first time in the reboot. An emotional arc that will continue with Vesper Lind later in the same movie, and conclude with No Time to Die. The sound of the porcelain urinals and sink smashing is fabulous. Perfect sound effects. It is. 
Also, note the camera angles of the fight scene in the bathroom. Many shots are taken almost from the floor, bringing us right into the fight. That's Almost fabulous. feeling the punches. That is fabulous. Absolutely. <laughs> I love that. That's brilliant. And then back to Dryden's face, staring at Bond. He knows Bond has had his first kill. Yeah. He needs two for double O status. His face says it all. He knows he will be the second. Yeah. He knows the first was so brutal. Well, so this is kind of nice, though, because Bond says the first one didn't go well. How did, how did he die? And he said, not, not well. Well, <laughs> well we're going to see here in well, a second. Went well, pretty was it, well. Was it not well for the man he killed or not well for Bond because he was emotional? And he, <laughs> no, I, th- I think it was for the guy. Yeah. <laughs> Mostly for the dead guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, and I don't, uh, Dryden sums all that up by saying, Made you feel it, did he? Well, you needn't worry. The second is. Bam! <laughs> One point shoots and knocks Dryden back out of his chair with the bullet impact and kills him. Yeah. Hmm. And then Bond finishes Dryden's thought. Yes. Considerably. Who puts his weapon away? I love that line. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. How good is Bond? I mean, yeah. yeah, this is the new Bond. He's terrific, cool under pressure. Absolutely. Back to the first kill bathroom scene. As Bond picks up his gun, we see the other guy he thought was dead goes for his gun and turns to shoot Bond. Yeah. Now and- let me stop you there. So yeah. is that because Bond was a rookie agent? And he hadn't yeah. had his first kill, and he just assumed the guy was dead and didn't check. Yeah, hey, or as we'll see throughout the series, sometimes Bond is a little reckless and doesn't pay attention to the details. <laughs> is that foreshadowing that? I don't know. Yeah, well, that's a good that's a good point because hey, this is your first kill. You got to make sure the guy's dead. <laughs> yeah, make sure it's a kill. Yeah, yeah, or you don't have your first one. Uh, anyway, Bond turns and it, and he's going to fire, but now he's it's the gun barrel scene and he's firing into the gun barrel as we always see Bond do in the, in the movies and 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 as he fires, of course, we're assuming that's the shot that kills Dryden's contact and the Bond music starts playing loudly. Yes, that's a great moment. That's a great. Yeah, and moment. it's a different looking gun barrel. We get a new Bond, a different looking Bond. Yeah. yeah. Again, yeah. the gun barrel changes here. Yeah. From what we've and, seen throughout time. Yeah. And do you guys, what do you think of them moving the gun barrel sequence to this point? I don't have a problem with it, but I know in the Bond community there are those who prefer it at the beginning of the film, but I think it worked brilliantly here. I think it makes absolute sense here. Absolutely. It, may, yeah. it makes sense here, but for a purist, I can totally get why. And they move it around in, in the Daniel stuff. Yeah, right? they do. So it's, mm-hmm. it's a little weird to me how they do that, because I think it... Lo- loses a little bit of the continuity, especially on an introduction of a new Bond actor. Do you want that continuity back to, yes, this is the way Bond works, and maybe if you want to switch it up, do it after the new Bond's first movie. I think it's just a little weird here. And we're going to talk a little bit about another thing at the beginning later that they changed up. Yeah. I, I think it's cool. I think it's great that they did it where yeah. they did it. And it's a new creative way of uh, introducing the gun barrel scene. I thought it was great. We talked about the black and white at the beginning of, the, of this discussion, yeah. that they did this scene in black and white. Yeah. And the gun barrel is black and white here. 
Yeah. And actually, if you think about it in the other ones, it's the dark tux, the white yeah. shirt, the white background. <laughs> is that black and white? white. Who, who knows? Right. But then you've got the red blood in front. Yeah, so that's... now the whole time from the time that MGM logo went up until Bond shoots the gun, it's all black and white. And then the red blood comes in. Yeah. And we start to move forward in time. Yeah. But we don't know how far in time, which is interesting to me for the way the Daniel Craig arc works in general. Mm-hmm. When was it that he shot these two guys? How far back in time is this black and white trying to show us? Because then when the movie comes out of the titles, we're into more modern times, I think. Mm-hmm. But the timeline seems a little inconsistent here. But I love the fact that they go, from that black and white into that red dripping blood. I just think that's great. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. The blood runs down the screen. It's opaque and bam. It goes right into the title sequence, which is all about playing cards, casino, danger, and predictive, really, of what will happen. So let's take a look at that quickly. So in the title sequence here, this is really the first title sequence with really no scantily clad women or naked women and so on. In the title sequence here, all the card suits, this is all about cards. We're seeing cards all over the place and the symbols of cards, right? All the card suits are represented in the title sequence. Spades and hearts shooting from guns. The first guy shot with a spades bullets explodes into heart-shaped pieces. And then diamonds, when the silhouetted man is in red, is stabbed and breaks into pieces. Diamonds. And clubs and hearts are pouring out from torn ribbons. So we got them all in this title sequence. And you have here, too, when... When the gun sight scope pans over the face of the queen and the face changes to Vesper <laughs> and, the, yeah. and the suit of the queen, hearts. Uh, Off <laughs> with their heads. This the foreshadows shadows the love affair between Vesper and Bond who appears at the bottom of the card and to its left, first facing the card and then turning and aiming up and to the left and firing as though to protect the queen. Hmm. I think, okay, that was pretty cool. I thought that was a pretty neat scene. Yeah, and all, all the way through this sequence, you only see three real faces, Bond, Vespa, and the Queen. All the rest are drawn faces. This shows the importance of Vespa in the movie. Yeah. The Queen is on the money. We see at the end of the title sequence. Yeah. I, so yeah. she's kind of barely there, but yeah. she's wanna, there on the money. I want to come back yeah. to that money part, too, as we talk a little bit about this, because that's kind of You always want to come back and talk about money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. As this red silhouetted Bond runs towards the bottom of the screen, he bumps into a gun sight, and it spins and turns into a roulette wheel. That's pretty brilliant, I thought. That's pretty cool. We know that this will all be about gambling, risk-taking in casinos. Well, Uh, Dan, this is Casino (laughs) Royale. Yeah. And one thing I I really liked about the way they did that was the roulette wheel, when they they show the roulette wheel, they use a European roulette wheel here. Oh, yeah. There's a single green space for zero. And in the U.S., most casinos add a second or a double zero and some yeah. even add a third zero space. Yeah. And those double and triple spaces really skew the odds to the house way too much, in my opinion. Yeah. So it was nice that they used a single zero here because it really is showing, hey, this is a British company putting out this movie. We're going to show you the European wheel. Yeah, I like that too. But though so I thought, wait a minute, hmm, the roulette wheel is dominant here in the title sequence. But it really is not important in the movie at all, right? I mean, well, don't, but you, you don't, don't see, see roulette, roulette wheel. wheels. 
you, you see, you might see a card game at somebody's house. You might see a car, card game in a poker room. The only place you're likely to see a roulette is in a casino, and this is Casino Royale. So I think the roulette wheel does bring you to the concept of this being casino-based as opposed to, you know, somebody's table in their living room. Yeah, Bond's not playing this in the living room anywhere. Anyway, but okay. All right, I'll go with that. But throughout... We, we, I'll, I'll give him a little a little benefit <laughs> of the doubt there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, throughout, we see the, the guns firing clubs and spades and hearts. It's, it's it's kind of a cool title sequence, that the kind of which we haven't seen before in a Bond movie. So another mm-hmm. silhouetted figure in grayish, kind of a grayish tan, spins and is about to shoot and when he is shot. And two bullet holes go into him in the shape of clubs. Seconds later, another silhouetted figure falls with a red diamond stuck into his sternum and blood coming out. Another falls with a spade stuck into his chest and another with a clubs. The camera pans right and we see another silhouetted figure lying on the ground with a club suit sticking into his chest and red blood pouring out. No. (laughs) Note on this one, the red lines on his left are the initial CR in red. I think that's pretty cool. Casino Royale, maybe? Forewarning, man. The cards will kill you, and we'll see how many deaths the cards will cause. These are like Solitaire's cards in Live and Let Die, kind of predicting the future here. I love it. So another silhouetted figure falls and explodes into pieces, black and red hearts. Then another figure aiming a gun that fires, and the projectile is a yellow diamond. The first time we see yellow? I didn't get that. Yeah, what's, the, what's the symbolism of that yellow? I yeah. don't know. Couldn't figure that out. It this isn't out. Goldfinger. It stood out. <laughs> yeah. And then a black suited silhouette runs from left to right, avoiding black spade projectiles. He kneels and then he fires towards us, red hearts. Is he giving his heart away? <laughs> mm. Cards then fly at him with only one suit showing the ace of spades. Is this like in License to Kill? Then give her his heart. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Then the seven of hearts is shown, the gun side in front of the card, and two bullets fly from through the card, but from the rear towards the holder, or us. Yeah. Wait, why is that? We can tell the bullets pierce from back to front because of the jagged edges, not smooth edges, facing us. Yeah. Hmm. (laughs) Why? Of course, the two holes are right before the number seven, making it 007. That may signal that things will be confusing for 007 and not straightforward. Though his sights might be targeting the evil agents, bullets are flying at him, and perhaps he's not in control. The mission? Vespa? His dedication to MI6? Or all of it? Mm. This is the reason I think we see the bullets piercing the rear towards the holder with the sight in front. It's clever. Yeah, I well, think see, so too. Now, I think it's simpler than that, <laughs> right? We talk about the fact that the gun barrel sequence moved from the beginning to into the movie in Casino Royale here. We also don't have the two dots that we get from the earlier Bond movies. Yeah. Because right? normally it opens with the two dots. Yeah. I think this is just simply a way for them to get the two dots in in a different way and cleverly making it a 007. I agree. I just... Yeah. I think yeah. the, the key here is which way are the bullets flying? That's that's really the key. Yeah, it's 007. They had to get 007 in there. It's pretty cool. And But the way they did it with the bullets flying towards us and towards him, I think that's the key. That's the difference. In, and it's pretty damn clever for what Vicky said. I think she's right. Yeah. All right. Okay. So the 007 on the card, 
here brilliantly morphs into a computer screen with Bond 007 status confirmed on the screen. He, he got his two kills. <laughs> you know, I thought that was like a bit him. redundant. Okay. We saw him get both kills in the pre-title. And they even this, mentioned that it was the second kill. Yeah. Is this story immediately following Dryden's kill? Timeline, timelines are always a bit sketchy in Bond movies. <laughs> yeah, that's true, too. Continuity and timelines. Oh, tough. All right. We've not seen much of Bond's real face yet. Mostly silhouettes. A bit of a slow reveal here, though, is in the title sequence. As the black-suited silhouette is walking towards us, his face is revealed. First in a flash, and then full-on while cards are flying all around his body, but a red diamond-shaped bullet is heading Bond's way, and when it strikes, there's a burst. And it's a burst not of the playing cards, but of British pound notes. It's like, <laughs> like Vicky mentioned earlier, there's the queen. Now, I'm thinking, yeah. why the British pounds here? Then I thought the diamond shape should have been a heart shape, a flashback to Vesper, the queen of hearts, in this title sequence, as we saw, and the money showing us that perhaps money is going to play an important part in their relationship. The Swiss bank account, the money being withdrawn in Venice. Ah, there would have been a more clever connection, putting a heart there instead of a diamond. I think they missed that piece. I think I could have helped them with that one. Okay, so we see Daniel Craig's face as Bond for the first time. And while the theme song sung by Chris Cornell, You Know My Name, mm -hmm. is playing Right on the words, you know my name, we see Bond's full face in the light. Yeah. Now, we know his face too. Though we did see him in the pre-title sequence, we knew he was Bond. But this figure in the title sequence, we now know he's Bond. Well done. Yeah, it's kind of cool. And the face gets blacked out again, and the camera zooms into the face as it morphs and opens up on the first scene of the movie. Immediate action as a young boy is running through the jungle. Yeah. Now, the, the way they blacked out that face was interesting to me because they repeat, you know my name, and we see the full-on face, then the blacked out face. And I think this is actually a little wink to the audience that it doesn't matter what the actor's face looks like or who the actor is, you know it's James Bond. Hmm. We just okay. have a new one here. Hmm. It can be replaced in the future with another face and it will still be Bond. <laughs> and this kind of feels to me almost like the that never happened to the other fellow line in yeah. On Her Majesty's Secret Service, except they did it through graphics and not words. Yeah, it it's just kind of a, you know my name, it's Bond, but then boom, it doesn't matter who the actor is. Yeah, that's a good point. Bond. I mean, it all makes sense here. Of course, because yeah. in Casino Royale, we have a new face for Bond. So, hey, perfect. That's great. All right, now that we know his face and his name, well, hey, that's a wrap. <laughs> uh, this has been Dan Silvestri and Tom Pizzotto and Vicky Hodges of SpyMovieNavigator.com subscribe to our show Cracking the Code of Spy Movies right now and always know when a new episode is coming out follow us on Facebook Twitter at Spy Navigator Instagram and YouTube too thanks for listening we really appreciate it